you remember uh, that one time I went dumpster diving over at the old marsh? Yeah. And rode my bike home, and I almost died a couple times, but I found one of the big banana crates, mm-hmm. and they had like a million frozen pizzas. Do you guys yeah, remember that? I, I remember brought that. home an entire banana crate full of frozen pizzas. You didn't tell anybody. So I came home from work and opened the fridge, and the freezer was completely like Tetris full, yeah, of, full frozen of frozen pizzas. pizzas. <laughs> and I was just like, am I allowed to have these? Or are we prepping for a show? What the <laughs> fuck happened? I found them in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing stories of you and me dumpster diving because it's Skipper, you and I did it a lot because I was like, well, I have the getaway mobile. And Skipper Spry. So... <laughs> Jump! Yeah. And just the amount of times I've shared those stories and other people just look absolutely fucking horrified. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I can't believe you would do that and joke about it in a way that sounds so jovial. And I'm just like... Nah, we had a whole circuit. We would hit up like a bagel store, a donut shop, a couple of grocery stores. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of wish we'd live closer to like a taco place. Like, fuck. Right. I remember one time I almost got hit by a car because I did the same thing. Found like a like a milk crate mm-hmm. and a fuck ton of was it like Minute Maid lemonades or some other style drinks? And we were going to be having a big show like within the next few days. So I was like, well, we got drinks. And I filled this crate and then I was wearing my leather jacket and I zipped up my leather jacket and shoved a bunch of them in my jacket like all the way around my torso, <laughs> like, body armor. like like zipped it up and belted it down like the biker jacket part, belted it down. I had probably like. 80 pounds worth of fluid just like sloshing around on me. I'm trying to ride my bike down the bike lane uh, down near where Piss House was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to ride my bike down the bike lane. And you know how the people fucking there used to drive. So Like, like, like they could afford the insurance premium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I'm driving and this homie like zips past me. Like his star startled me. So I like kind of... And, you know, when you have 80 pounds of fluid on you, when you shake, it, it responds violently. Yeah. <laughs> I fell. Luckily, my torso was armored by lemonade. and I just kind of bounced off the road. But speaking of eating out of dumpsters, this is Gangrel Part 2. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Hi, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a Vampire the Masquerade V5 podcast. Horror, tabletop, and some other shit, I suppose. I'm your host, Hunter, and as always, I'm joined by... John. Sarah. And the one, the only, Lorebot. James. Hey. You looked worried for a second. I was just like, how far is this going to go? You got two extra words. I was like, are we going back into the dark times when they're just like... Staring awkwardly? No, just 45 seconds of just titles. I mean... I mean, with all this side chatter about the titles, we could, we should have. We should. Yeah, we should have used that with titles. I, I didn't realize that we had uh, uninstalled the title programming. <laughs> That's on Hunter, not me. Ah. Now that we're becoming more professional, do you guys, I guess you guys all need titles. Do I? I don't need a fucking title. You could be like head researcher. Oh, that's just gonna that's just gonna be bad jokes on the internet. Why? Head researcher. Yeah. He's trying to say blowjobs because his brain is disgusting. No, Look. I just know how the internet works. Oh, I was gonna say, no, 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 no. My my BJ game's on point, but like none of y'all are gonna find out. Fair enough. So- <laughs> Sir, we are in part two. So this is Gangrel history deep dive and current events portion. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh. We're going to talk about a lot of dirt. There will be talks of dirt. Uh, <laughs> just so everybody knows, this is a generally agreed upon timeline. Generally. This is 
more apt for this clan because, you know, everything's like an oral tradition. So there's like six versions of every fucking thing I say. I was about to say, you ever so, played telephone? Now do it for a thousand years. Through the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, fuck writing shit down. We just have oral stories. Hell yeah. Well, a lot of cultures have oral traditions and mm-hmm. some of those are really neat and valid. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to highly recommend a fucking YouTube Google that search that shit. Uh, for funsies, for fluff, for your games, because it's just, you might learn something. It's neat. Expand mm-hmm. your horizons on humanity. Uh, right, so, clan founder for Gangrel. Uh, they're her, it's it, mostly described as a lady, so we got a girl. We got our first girl boss. Let's guys. get it. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is most commonly referred to as Anoya. Because mm-hmm. dang, she'll annoy ya. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> There is not another way to say this, right? Am no. I crazy? Which, Anoya? Anoya? Yeah. No, I don't believe that. No, that's, okay, I think cool. that's right. Uh, Unless it's Enoa. Yeah, Enoa, yeah, maybe. But again, I think because it's Greek, probably. Actually, it might be Enoa. Enya? Enya. Uh, no. <laughs> Who can say? Who can say? Uh, I am right now. No. Ow. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. That was too bad, Hunter. No. No, it was good. I bad boy. It. It's, grounded. <laughs> it's distinctly the reason why I'm like, no, I'm saying it now. It's not that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, her name in Greek roughly translates to sense, as in like common sense, mm. and can be tied to concepts of the All Mother. Mm. In Gnostic traditions, Anoya uh, represents the female half of God. So, so she's a big player. Yeah. So we're also kind of, kind of bumping into the uh like hedwig and the angry inch kind of territory oh hell yeah you are one being but you split into two kind yes. of thing okay mm-hmm. cool yay the multi-form god yeah multi-form god cosmic balance male female creation destruction all that fun stuff neat the clan gangrel because of their storytelling traditions has several origin stories that are canonically written in the canon for world of darkness let alone whatever the fuck you make up for your campaign I am not going to cover all of them. We don't have that kind of time. I picked three. So Let's... if I don't cover your favorite, you can tweet at us at, at, about it angrily because the girl fucked up. <laughs> yeah. First one. God created Adam and Lilith. Adam asked God to get rid of Lilith since she would not submit to him. Kind of a dick move. Kind yeah. of a dick move. When Lilith was forced from Eden, she was already pregnant. For Gante. Also, let's remember that's a little dick energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you seen the painting, Creation of Adam? Yes. Tiny dick energy. Tiny dick energy. Didn't they have to uniform those dick sizes, though, back in the day for art? No, actually, uh, the reason why smaller dicks were done in classical art is because uh, ancient Greek and Roman societies believed that having a giant sex organ showed that you were uncivilized. Hmm. Weird. And not smart. Weird. Yeah. So, oh, because all your blood go to your other brain. Yes. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, having a big swinging cock was just like, ah, that man is uncultured and probably not going to be able to lead an army. No. I wonder... Never mind. No, it's okay. It's okay. What's that say about the Senate is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there a process where they're like, we're electing you to the... <laughs> we're electing you to a leadership position. Drop trial. Show us your wiener. Say, show us. I mean, show us the it's, goods. it's easier when you have a toga. <laughs> you can lift. <laughs> or just move to the side. Just do a quick spin. Let it <laughs> Now cough. 
So doing a quick spin, the first time I got a kilt, yeah. I uh, put it on. I was not wearing underwear under my pants at the time. I put it on. It was at a family Christmas thing. And everybody was like, cool, let's show it off. And I go, okay. And I spin on my toe. And, Did you spin with all mm, of your energy? Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. And my entire family went, whoa, at the exact same time. And they were like, don't need to do that again, buddy. I was like, sorry. Okay. Yeah, so if you're, if you're a lad and you have a kilt and you're going to spin... Don't spin with your whole dick unless you're like really into that idea. Yeah, or at least put your hand in front of your dick, or get a sporan, sporan, sporan. Yeah, like we're sporan, buddy. That's what fun guys say. Yeah. Speaking of a fun guy, Lilith is pregnant, and (laughs) (laughs) uh, whilst in the darkness in the wilderness of the not Eden prehistory times, uh, she gave birth to five children. She gave each of those kids to a different animal. Uh-huh. Uh, she gave one child to a pack of wolves. Uh, this child is Anoya. Anoya grows up to be a mighty hunter and eventually mates with a member of her pack, thus giving birth to the first lupine. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. So we're like very distant cousins to them. Yeah. Hmm. Supposedly in this mythos. Right, right. Yeah, in this version of the story. Uh, Anoya eventually <laughs> travels to the city of Enoch. Uh, the second city, so where all the vampires are. Uh, she lives there for a while, ends up giving birth to the ancestor of the Romani people whilst there. Hmm. Uh, she has a bit of a temperament, and all the chaos and issues and strife that she causes forces her to uh, leave the city. She travels around a lot. She keeps causing problems in cities and being kicked out. Eventually, uh, somebody from Enoch uh, convinces her to come back to Enoch and is one of the childer of Cain. Hmm. Uh, they have some sort of an affair. She becomes embraced, and that is how Gangrel became a thing. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So she was like a wolf. Was she immortal? She basically immortal. Yeah, because in the in this canon, uh, if you're like Adam, Eve, Lilith, like that first like little chunk of humans, yeah. technically immortal. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Because she she would have been born about the same generation of like Cain and Abel. Yeah. Right. Well, she's pre Cain and Abel. Well, aren't she, she historically, can. but she's like one of Adam's sons, just like. Uh, no, like God made Adam and Lilith. Yes. So. I think you misspoke. Yeah. It's not Adam's. Well, he is one of Adam's sons. She. Now she, this is all getting. She confused. is Adam's daughter. No. I thought she was Enoch pregnant is, when or, she. Or oh, Anoya. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. I thought about. you were talking about Lilith. Yeah, no, we were all talking about Lilith there. I was not talking about Lilith. That's fine. Let's use names. Yeah, they they would technically be uh, cousins. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, she. Yeah, they they'd be cousins. She'd be just as old, and e- and uh, the first city, Enoch, was a few hundred years after that. So yeah, like, thousands. Yeah, thousands. Yeah, it had to be like, <laughs> she had to be like, oh no, I've sucked on the dark powers. I'm 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 not going to die. Fuck that. Yes. Version story number two. Mm-hmm. Anoya lived in the second city, Enoch, with her brother Ravana. Ravana, for cultural note. Uh, is tied in with several characters within the World of Darkness mythos, particularly Ravnos. Ravana is also a uh, character from Indian mythology. Uh, they are the king of Sri Lanka and lord of the Rakshasa. Rakshasa are so cool. Yeah, so keep that in mind as we're going through on this story. Mm-hmm. After the loss of the second city, the two traveled out west across Central Asia. Eventually settles in Sumer, Mm-hmm. and is known as the Tiger Queen. Sick. Yes. Ravana lives amongst nomads and travelers in that area uh, and became known as the Spider King. Hmm. Yeah. 
Harry. Both of them sired vampires, uh, the Methuselah of Clay and Gangrel and Ravnos, respectively. Mm-hmm. Caused this, we're not sure, but eventually the two of them start to butt heads and fight, and then they start amassing armies of their childer to fight each other. I mean, have you ever put a tiger and a very large spider in an enclosure? No. <laughs> I haven't had a spider. I've never seen a spider big enough for a tiger to probably care. Huntsman spider. Huh? Huntsman spider. They'll probably get Huntsman spider. Have you never seen them? Are you talking about Goliath bird-eating spiders? No, huntsman spiders. Huntsman spiders aren't that big. The one in Australia, the big boys. The largest spider on the air, on Earth is the, the Goliath bird-eating Goliath. spider. Yeah, yeah and that's Goliath motherfucking bird-eating. Spider. Yeah, they're they're the size of a large dinner plate. Yeah. Um, but I don't think a tiger would care. I don't know. They might have cat instincts, you know. Toy. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just like, like it's that thing. it's about the size of my paw and darty. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm going to get it. That wouldn't last long. They're very fragile. Mm -hmm. If they were to fall off, like, your bed, they could die. Mm -hmm. They're very fragile little creatures. Mm -hmm. Most spiders are. Yeah. Spiders are cool, though. But yes, after many, many uh, years and centuries of this fighting, uh, they kind of hit a stalemate whilst Anoya and her forces are very physically powerful and uh, good at the fighting. Uh, Ravana's uh, armies are more cunning and skillful, more tacticians. So they just kind of keep, you know, impossible force meeting and movable object kind of problems. Mm-hmm. Until Ravana decided to pull some sort of great destructive force from the sky and decimate Anoya's forces. Brutal. Oh, the irony of what happens later, if yeah. that's the true one. I was going to say, that's foreshadowing. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, ah, I see you decided to choose the form of your own destructor. Yes. Well, those uh, gangrel who remained fled uh, further west to Europe and Africa, and that's kind of how we are with them today. Nice. Story number three. Anoya is actually a boy, known as Inkidu. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Inkidu! That's that's the only difference. Just slide in, change name, could be any of the stories. Done. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's where it was. The god of Ishtar? Yes. So, yeah. Anoya, actually a boy, has peen, named Inkidu. Uh, the god Ishtar, the Toreador antediluvian, note of this, uh, tried to take the Tablet of Destiny from Enkidu, sire, uh, the black, I misspoke. The god Ishtar, the Toreador antediluvian, tried to take the Tablet of Destiny from Enkidu. I don't remember what the Tablet of Destiny is. I wrote it down. I was half asleep when I did this. I am so sorry, everyone. I don't know if I can get through this story with a name Enkidu. It's too funny. It's ancient Sumerian gods. I mean, that's cool, but Enkidu. Enkidu. It's, it's just, those, it's like, so fun. <laughs> you have to have like a, okay, five seconds for everybody to gather their shit and be like, if you start making fun of this character's name, it is still antediluvian. <laughs> it will and ruin it the might, city. <laughs> and it might just decide to blow up five city blocks because it's annoying. Please don't. Inkidu. Yeah, well, because Ishtar is a tablet-stealing whore, Inkidu is pissed <laughs> and decides to kick the god's ass. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Inkidu sires Eskriegel. This is the first time I've said this name aloud. I've been oh, reading god. it for years. I'm so sorry. But yeah, so Inkidu's got his bro. They get a little bro squad together. They're going to go do an attack. The attack goes well. Uh, Ishtar is able to flee with the help of their childer slash lover, Temuz. I, think I like the a, name Temuz. I think that yeah. might be one of those Amitsu ones, I think. Yeah. Uh, Ishtar tried to seek the aid of the Sumerian king Gilgamesh in their flight to not get murdered by Enkidu. Uh, Gilgamesh kind of didn't give a fuck. 
Uh, Aw. Yep. Because, and the reason for this is, Gilgamesh was already embraced into Clan Gangrel. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, for Gilgamesh's... It uh, makes sense. If you've read the bro-tastic story of Gilgamesh, you're just like, yep, this, this, yep. Tracks. That was literally what I was going for. Just like, oh, that makes sense. If you're just like... We have trouble being like, oh, I wonder who this historical character would be as a vampire. Some of them you just say it and you're like, no, that, that tracks. We're not even going to have an argument. Yeah. So Ishtar flees and also releases the Bull of Heaven. And they find safety in the haven of the island of Crete. Enkidu stays in Sumer, establishing King Clan Gangrel. Though all of this could just be Toriador slander. Who the fuck knows? I mean, they are dirty hippies that live in the woods. And that's kind of gross. Some of us I've been playing a Toreador for no, too long now. I know, <laughs> you I <know>. have. <laughs> Alright, so after they returned to Enoch, started a battle with the Ravnos, and unleashed their bowl, uh, <laughs> are they still alive? Uh, is it alive or is it dead? Uh, the answer is yes. Probably. Most likely. Uh, again, there's linkages from Old World and New World. I'm going to start with like all of the stuff from Old World, and then... We'll say how it's linked to current. And again, this is just as the text. You can do whatever you want. There's only one bit of basis for New World that links it to. But uh, Inoy in the Gehenna stuff is one of the few primogen. Oh, no. Inoy in the Gehenna books is one of the few antediluvians that is still around and is perfectly fine and is... Trying to hide from Cain is usually what they consider because they assume Cain is gonna fuck up everybody. And uh, she has probably one of the most uh, effective ways to hide to Cain, and I think it's gonna take him the longest probably to get to her because she has a protean so much that she took Earth Mailed, that she took Earth Meld, and melded with the core of the Earth. She just in there. She just went old. She's the just way. a hot nickel ball. Mm-hmm. Isn't there an account where one of the gangrel uses really high-level aspects and just looks at the ground and is like, uh-oh, mama. Yep. Yeah, we'll, well get to that. Yeah, that, we're going to get to that. We're going we're gonna to get to that. We stared a little too deeply into the mud titties, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> I mean, I did it, you know. Right? It's tough. There's, it's tough not to. And I'll also bring up the other one, because we haven't brought this up, but this is also a... We'll do this for the Gehenna episode and expand on it more of Lilith's Acolytes. The other potential clan gangrel founder was a male. It might have been... I'll check to see if it's the same name on the Gehenna episode mm-hmm. and just be like, ah, they also do that in... Yes. Oh, sorry. Focus. Where um, he was so much in the gangrel sauce that he just stopped talking and being an animal. Like the last time he said a word was when the Camarilla was formed and he was just like, fools. They didn't talk for 500 years. Just grunted at his his followers and stuff. But either way, the actual linkage to this for how this isn't just all BS that we're making up from Old World is there's... There is a lore sheet called Descendant of Xavier. Almost the whole sheet is about how Xavier protean earth melded and looked real deep into the earth and went, oh no, mommy's down there and she's angry. Oh no. Yeah, I'm covering that later in the script, actually. Yo. So. Oh yeah, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, you're good. All right, so mm-hmm. we have covered the Antiluvian, so we're going to cover some rough history for Clan Gangrel. Mm-hmm. 
Here's the fun thing about that. Uh, this is not an organized clan. They don't have a written record. So a lot of this is just kind of accounts secondhand from other clans or stories they've told amongst each other. And a lot of stuff is... There's a lot of really cool stories, but it tends to be more regional and you need to get into like the nuances of the fluff to really dig this shit out. So having a clan-wide, this is what's happening, is a pain in the ass. So uh, you all should send me money on Patreon for Mark. this work. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, prehistory times, all of history, clan gang girl tends to avoid civilization. Uh, in ancient times, this meant that they had very little ties to any major civilization. Uh, the clan that did interact with people tended to favor like uh, Celtic, Gothic, Gallic, Nordic cultures. So they were like, you could find Gangrel among the Picts. Yes. That'd be fucking cool. Yeah, or Gangrel actually, Pict? That's, that's terrifying. That's where like all the like the Lilianans kind of mm. hung out was like yeah. them and other like Irish Celtics and that kind of stuff. That's cool. It's pretty dope. But yeah, uh, with the decline of pagan cultures in the Middle Ages, many of the gang girl remained outside of cities and towns because they were unable to blend in with Christian society because a lot of them had like bat ears and like furry forearms and they looked kind of animally and were just kind of, you know, like... It's a monster! Burn it! Yes! Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there is the fun note of some of the gang girl aligned with Clan Zimitzi, uh to fight the Tremere and the Omen Wars in the Transylvanian area. I mean, that's probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. They, they did this because the Tremere, uh, in the process of making gargoyles, uh, captured and tortured and transformed a lot of Gangrel for that. And uh, the Gangrel who found out were not happy. You know, I kind of like that the Tremere fucked around like one big time and they are still finding out. Yes. Because <laughs> they keep fucking around. Yeah, they don't, they, they haven't learned their lesson of they, the second half of that statement. And they've never apologized. I know, such dicks. Yep. Uh, it's true. Uh, this is one of those of like, you know, when people are like, fuck Tremere. I'm like, yeah, they did a lot of war crimes. Like, I don't blame anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't blame them for that. Uh, but yes, Gangrel continued uh, to do their moving around in between civilizations. So you get these reports in areas like in Spain that there's suddenly Gangrel out of nowhere. Like there were none. And then suddenly they start coming up from like Moorish, like North Africa into Spain. Mm. And they're just like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Uh, gang girl can be found in Germanic and Gallic cultures around the Black Forest. There's like the steppes of Eurasia, the Arctic ranges of Scandinavia, the deserts of the Sahara, down into the plains and jungles in Sub-Saharan and further Africa. It just seems pretty much where everybody is like, I'm going to go explore the wild terrains. There's just a gang girl just chilling there. <laughs> He's like, hey, we're already, we already did it, man. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, when the fuck did you get here? <laughs> I've been here for so long. Why yeah. did you come to my house? Uh, many of the Gangrel were known to join the ranks of the Golden Horn with the Great Khans during the Mongol uh, Empire. So that's kind of a fun, just you know, riding horses, doing raids, banging babes. Man, I and bet. By banging, I mean probably a lot of rape. And eating. Yeah. You know, I bet they were <clears throat> like really great in in Mongol, just everything. Mm -hmm. They could just talk to their horse. Mm -hmm. Best friends. Horses are important. Ghouling your horse. Ah, yeah. Bondus million your horse. Boom. And then being like, all right, I'm going to shoot arrows. You cool? Yeah, man, I'm cool. We're good. It's like we're bros. Nay, motherfucker. <laughs> I need you to go fast. 
I mean, depending on what disciplines you're able to give your horse, that horse can be fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. And sturdy. Right? Ugh. You want a battering ram with your horse? Big log. You just get a guy with a horse. Be like, run into it. <laughs> Winnie! And he's like, this horse is tough as fuck. And he's just like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He gets extra oats. <laughs> Boy. Uh, During this time period, we also get the uh, the rise of Islam, uh, which was where you get the split between the Washin traveling gangrel and the Taifa, like warrior scholar gangrel Mm. in the Middle East, North Africa is when this kind of kicks in. Uh, The Inquisition uh, hit the gangrel about as hard as every other clan was hit during the first Inquisition. Uh, The problem for them wasn't so much the like, oh, we uh, can't hide. Yeah, it's not like it's super easy for the gang girl to hide or anything. Because, I mean, yeah, they can go into the woods. But, you know, when you look like a fucking bat or, you know, scaly or you got like hairy palms or whatever the fuck, like you can't just hide from society. When you're part bat looking, it's very hard for you to interact with people and them not to go, monster! Burn it! Burn it! It's clearly the devil. Yeah, I was about to say, was it just a like, they went, oh, transient, get it. Yes. Also, you know, with the, the traditions of, like, leaning into pagan cultures, and then there's, like, the, the Leonins that lean into, like, the, the witchy kind of shit. There's, like, oh, they're pas- practicing the devil's magic. Clearly burn it. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of uh, things that you could look up in the, uh, the old, like, Witchfinder books, a lot mm-hmm. of them do line up very suspiciously with, like, uh, bestial features that Gangrel would just be stuck with. Mm-hmm. You know, just like having lumps and bumps and things that you just don't react to and don't bleed and shit like that. And fun times. I'm so glad they changed the band. <laughs> I'm so glad the band's not like, oh no, they're permanent forever now. Mm-hmm. Now it's just when you're angry. Yeah, they're like angry. It'll go away. I'm like, oh, thank you. If you want to for Fluff to be more animal, that's fine. But mm-hmm. eh. Convention of Thorns does arise from the First Inquisition, as we all know. Out of the 50-plus vampires that were at the convention, there were only four major names that were Gangrel. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Was it Beckett twice one time? No, Beckett's not in the timeline yet. <laughs> uh, we got Milov, Petrikov, Tiberu, Torvis, Bloodbeer, and Karsh. That's it. That's 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 the reps. That's who they had. Get it, guys. I love it how it sounds like just warrior, warrior, and Carl. <laughs> Karsh is a badass warrior. Do not, I dare you. I'm not saying he's not. It's just one of those, just like, you have that lineup where you're just like. It's like Inky Do. Yeah. How are you supposed to take that person seriously until they're shoving something down your throat, like a knife? You're like, ah, shit, Inky Do can kill me. Well, you know, he's definitely the scary because it's just like, oh, there's Gromosh the Terrible, Tim the Destroyer, and Kevin. Look, no titles, just Kevin. It might follow in the line logic of like a boy named Sue where it's like they have a silly name so they have to be like extra mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, so within the Convention of Thorns, many of the Gangrel found themselves uh, on either side of the conflict within the, the War Princes where some were like, oh, I have land and titles because that does happen sometimes with the clan. And other times they're just like, well, I'm on the outside. Fuck this. Anarchy. Uh, so that's kind of what ended up also happening during the convention. Uh, the clan f- ended up favoring the Camarilla basically as a, like, path of least resistance. Uh, the older Gangrel found Diablerie to be a very inherent sin and not a good thing to be doing. I wonder why. And then mm. the younger Gangrel were just like, this is neat. I wonder why. And that tended to be what the, uh, division on that split was. So the Gangrel that 
decided, uh, fuck you, dad, I'm going skateboarding. Yieldy skateboarding. Uh, went really hard into the paint on the Sabbat, but because of their already inherently bestial nature, a lot of those Gangrel just became a white very quickly. Oh, yeah, they're already kind of pushing it. Yeah. yeah. So not a lot of those guys are around. And if they are, Wrong. get the fuck out of town, man. Yeah, it's a bad time. Get the fuck out of the state. Well, they'd, they'd also be old enough now to where if they torpor, it, it would be like, could be a century long. So mm-hmm. Yeah, which that's the problem. Dig it up and it's just like, oh, what's this? Why is it moving? Oh, no. Drink the coffin juice. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we go through history, uh, colonization, industrialization was a double-edged sword for the Gangrel, finding mm-hmm. themselves on both sides of pretty much every conflict. <laughs> uh, while there were Gangrel uh, traveling from Europe uh, into the New World, they internally had some warnings of like, hey, so there's some really powerful people that are asleep in the New World and you need to be careful became true in the fact that gang, you know westerners would go to the new world and there were already gang girl just in and amongst the first nations people that's not actually surprising not at all uh-huh. none they not found a the land bridge they're just like <laughs> they well just we'll go over swam. here yeah. <laughs> yeah i was about to say they just swam and they were like finally it's so quiet here no one's destroying nature i can just vibe look at these look at these indigenous I- people they're just living with the world it's great and then few hundred years later then white people show up and we fuck everything up. <laughs> as they do. As, as we are wont to do. Uh, yeah, so that led to some interesting things because there were gang girls on both sides of that conflict. And a lot of slaughter was had. There were also lupines amongst the colonizers. So, you know, that's fun. What? Mm. That even makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we... I'm, I'm slightly fast-forwarding in time, but uh, it kind of goes in the same vibe. Uh, there were gang girl found in Australia before uh, colonizers also arrived there. Uh, there's uh, Aboriginal stories that speak of a long-haired woman coming to these lands thousands of years ago. And many of the indigenous people in Australia still, to this night, even lean really heavy into gang girl. So hmm. that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, with the uh, <laughs> indigenous relocation in the United States, which is the nicest way to put a genocide. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have some people in gang- Clan Gangrel that have uh, formed bonds or they have herds within indigenous populations and they try to defend and fight for these people. And then you have uh, some Gangrel that are just like, ah, well, if I round them up, this is easier pickings because they're all in a pen on the reservation. Mm. Gross. Yeah, super gross. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah, going to be a repeating theme within uh, a lot of Gangrel histories. You got some people that are going to be like, fighters on like the revolutionary side of mm-hmm. things and you got other people are going this is advantageous yeah so what i'm hearing is it's just like if this is a pendulum it only swings to two directions there's almost no mid gangrel it's either yit or yit uh, i would assume that it's a whole uh spectrum as just for covering the range of how the gangrel are going to respond to any situations i'm describing the better and the worst to kind of keep it balanced. So, uh, strap in, fam. It's going to get dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, with the American Civil War, uh, this is also another example. And this does basically cover every other conflict like this throughout world history. This pattern mm-hmm. repeats. So, I'm just going to highlight the one. Uh, there were gangrel that were known to pick uh, humans off of battlefields for feeding and for childer. Hmm. So they would just be like in the woods outside the battle, just like waiting. 
And then they would just go through the dead and dying masses and be like, this one and this one and this one. Hmm. And now and again, they're like, he's got moxie. You're a vampire now. Good luck. Peace. I'm going to watch and see what you do. Hmm. Uh, which, knowing some war battle, it's just like, how many gang girl are just like around now, now nights, nowadays, that just like have like an arm blown off? Right. And shit yeah. like that, because you're just like, fuck. And uh, yeah, post uh, Civil War America, Gangrel in the South had a particularly hard time, and this is noted in the book specifically, because a lot of them found their easy pickings off of slave encampments to be gone now. Big oof. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> yeah, I, I read ahead and I had mm. to suppress the urge to say that while you were reading the last passage, because I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll see if I have comments, and I'm like, oof. Yeah, there's some oofs. Kinda, so, oh, kind of reminds me of that scene in mm-hmm. *The Vampire*, yeah. where mm-hmm. he's like teaching them how to feed, mm-hmm. yeah. and they hunt down the escaped slaves yeah. in the swamps. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, this is like yeah, prime example of like Gangrel because they have such a diverse array of people that they embrace from. Where there will be Gangrel that will be like in the master's house running it because you know this is just them cultivating a farm of people and it's legal and everybody's chill with it. And then you'll have people on the reverse side that are really empathetic to the enslaved. And they're just like, hey, I might be able to, this might be your one ticket to get the fuck out of here. So I'm going to embrace you and you and me are getting the fuck out. Right. Or we're doing a slave uprising. You know. Yeah, I was about to say, indigenous people like that. This is kind of my herd, the Underground Railroad. Just be like, no, I'm going to help you get out. I need a little snack, a little snack for payment, a little snack. But we're, we're, I don't want you to be there. That's a bad place. Yeah. So, Yeah it's <laughs> some of it's like really chill and some of it you're just like this might be worse than some of the other clans holy shit mm. so yeah it's gonna get darker guys strap in oh, no. <laughs> yeah with the expansion of the uh, new urban environment uh the clan generally found this distasteful and this is also the time period when city gangrel become more of and then because of urbanization we have country raccoons and city raccoons Kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I believe, if I'm correct, in is it Ontario, it's the capital of Canada, uh, the population of raccoons dwarfs the, pap- uh, the population of humans. Their biomass is almost equal. Oh, you mean, yeah, because there's just so many raccoons? Yeah. Because- I have no idea about that. I have seen some really interesting documentaries about how, because of urbanization, we are forcing evolution on raccoons and squirrels and raccoon and coyotes mm-hmm. in such a way where they're more like problem solving and they're starting to get on the level of like crows <laughs> on like figuring out puzzles and shit and then their woodland friends while they're more scrappy and physically hardy they're not as smart hmm. yeah just they don't need to fight <laughs> they don't need to fight other raccoons they just need to not get hit by a car get into a trash can. Yeah. Adaptation. Yeah, and as we're kind of shifting economically as a world as well uh, into capitalism, uh, some mm. gangrel do not adjust well to this, and some of them fucking do. A lot of them don't, it's because a lot of the land and money is grabbed up by, you know, people like Ventru and Tremere and Toreadors, and they just kind of leave scraps for the gangrel, which is why they're pop- a low clan through pretty much the entirety of the Camarilla mm. run. Uh, there are some king girl that really get into urban planning because they're like, oh, I can make perches that I can just sit on top of and just like watch everything. <laughs> Neat. This is great. Let me design this city block. 
Why do you have so many weird brooding spires? Don't worry about it. I like Batman. Yeah, it's, what happened to the uh, to the gargoyles? It's a, it's a it's a style. It's called Art Deco. <laughs> oh, I think it's Toronto. Oh, Toronto. I think. I, I don't know Canada that well. I'm Canadian sorry. listeners, hit us up. We have several of you in the community. Uh, as shockingly, the American education system has failed us yet again. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. man. They never took the time to teach the important lesson about Toronto raccoons in my <laughs> middle school. So, just be like, fucking up. Just there's not a zero sum chance that a gang of raccoons will come in and mug you for your food. That would be the cutest mugging, though. I'd almost be fine with it. I'm yeah. pretty sure it'll be slow, but it'll happen because they'll just come on you like a furry wave and just be like. And you have no snacks. Yeah, so as we get into the 20th century, uh, I'm going to give a very severe trigger warning right now, everybody. I am sorry. We're going to be talking about race relations and eugenics for a second. I'm sorry. I already mentioned it once in our last episode, but the Gangrel has some of the low-key worst. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Yeah. so, uh, there were Gangrel that hid amongst the uh, eugenics movement, which a lot of those people were also involved in the setting up of uh, national parks, because uh, there's a lot of naturalists at the late 1800s, early 1900s that believed like returning to nature and having this like hierarchy of nature bullshit, and they would have you know this scale of like, well, these races are the less evolved and these races are the more evolved, and a lot of those people were also really into like parks. And shit like that. It's a shame, because parks are dope. Yeah, Parks nat- are super yeah. fucking dope. National parks, really cool. The reasons why they happened, kind, some of it's, like, super fucked up. Just, like, a little, like, aside. to yeah. Just breathe from that. Man, the gangrels in the New York City park must be fucking great. Must have fun. Hopefully Oh, are you talking do. about, like, Times Square? Not Times Square. Uh, Central uh, uh, Park? Yeah, yeah Central, Central park. park. Central Park is cool. Yeah, the two or three gangrel that are in there... Having a good time. Hopefully. Yeah, and this is also a... There's two... There's a wide spectrum. So there's some in there because they're just like, this is fucked up and fucking stupid, but I can use these idiots to... And then there's some that are really into breeding humans. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Because what are you going to do for 300 years? Yeah. uh, I wanted to highlight this guy because his hometown favorite, Prince Jack Hansen. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was mentioned in the in the Gangrel Revised books. I got to bring this up. So yeah, our city was a cam city for a bit. Uh, this is the most notable prince from our city. Uh, he was a member of the KKK uh, in the '30s when he was prince. He was prince for three months before an archon was like, "Nope." <laughs> good job, buddy. Good job. Take him the out. Archons finally doing something good. Yeah. That's actually not at all surprising either. Um, I grew up where I grew up. There's just very slightly out of town there's another town that even like when i was growing up in like the early 2000s 90s was pretty much still a sundown town oh yeah i had friends i had i had friends that we'd drive through town and they would literally like scoot down in their seat to where they couldn't be seen through windows Mm -hmm. um it was one of the like the spots for the kkk in in indiana which was kind of the spot for the kkk in the nation so yeah yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't want KKK plus plus. No, you don't. That sounds no. like a bad time. Sucks. I might be wrong, but I believe we were the official headquarters until like the late 60s, yep, early we were. 70s. Yeah. yeah, didn't we have the Grand Dragon? Yeah, that was in Martinsville. Mm-hmm. And there are actually some high schools within Indiana that still have 
the dragons as their high school mascot. And I'm like, guys, fucking change that. You can go first. Mine's a palate cleanser at the end. I also grew up really close to the, I think it was like kind of a meme sign, but it was there for a reason where it's like the highway sign and it just says Whitestown, Brownsburg. Those those towns had those names for a reason. Yep. It's next to the Amazon facility here. (laughs) It's really fucked up. Amazon facility sits like almost in the middle of them. It's super fucked up. Yeah. Also a little palate cleanser I love in the latest, uh, actually it's a five or ten years old uh, Call of Cthulhu game, uh, you can encounter the clan in there for one mission and Sinking City. Oh, okay. There's You encounter the clan and the greatest thing is since it's a dialogue tree, you can antagonize the clan and it's an achievement for at the end being like, I am the Grand Wizard, do a magic trick. And then they're just like, we're going to shoot you. I'm like, I wanted to shoot you this whole time, but I wanted to make fun of you first. As you should, because they're fucking morons. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give the warning, uh, if you're reading the Gangrel Revised and you get to this section of the book, uh, they do, in contrast to this, describe a Gangrel who uh, embraced a black gentleman who got into a very Candyman Emmett Till situation. Mm. And it does use the n-word with the hard er in the text Mm. so if you get to that section of the book and you're not feeling it just skip it yeah turn the page well it's like it's thankfully the history sections are written in blocks with little titles so once you get to that if you're not in the mood for it you can just skip it yeah (sighs) Candyman, either good gangrel or good lasombra well, living high. I kind of give him a good gangrel. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I feel like Lasombra would work. Gangrel would probably be the better one because you're right. Living high, he just has to dip into obfuscate to just be like the bees are in me. Yeah, but you know, also just like, oh yeah, he's traveling to the shadow room. Like, nah, bitch, he just earth melding. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what happens at Cabrini Green. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Christ. Yeah. So the and this is also another situation where. Uh, you're just like, oh, cool. They're, they're writing a thing where this guy gets to do, the, the guy who gets embraced is able to do like a, a Django revenge arc and it mm-hmm. ends in tragedy because the the white bitch that's involved is a lupine and takes offense to her partner getting murdered, even though they did a racism murder. <sighs> so yeah, that's a, uh, I'm sorry, guys. We've stated this before. We'll state it again. Uh, sometimes the writers in uh, past media were uh, not the best and a little problematic. Well, it's one of those, I think they were trying to write it so to give some weight and they like, hey guys, this actually happened in real life. Like we had the Mm. thing recently in the news about uh, the the bitch that got Emmett Till murdered. Like they found her warrant and I'm like, yeah, arrest her. I don't give a fuck. She's a grandma. Yeah. Like she got a boy murdered. Yep. Fuck her. And we know she lied. And she admitted it and everything and I just, fuck. Nah, bitch, let get to go free. Arrest (laughs) her. No, no, no. Fuck that shit. So this is why session zeros are important in your game because sometimes when you have games that deal with real world stuff, it's going to get fucking dark and sometimes people aren't okay with that. People aren't okay with that or they want you to handle things in certain ways that are actually respectful to the people that are involved because it's for one. <laughs> fuck. All right. Dang, girl, we really need you to chill the fuck out. Okay, guys? Yeah. The angry war boys. I so. know. Much like every other battle and conflict, Gangrel uh, would 
feed and also embrace from around battlefields. Uh, there were several gangrels who were found to be great messengers and scouts traveling through the trenches in no man's land. I wonder so why. The serve <laughs> did really well on the war effort. <laughs> so, yeah, and there were uh, gangrel-like warrior battle tacticians that used certain battle maneuvers within World War One to cover up Sabat and uh, Camarilla sect violence. Cool. So there's some really cool stories if you're into the war history stuff, but I'm not getting into that because holy shit, there's so much. That could be a whole episode. Yeah, That's a whole fucking episode. I, I can just understand the joy of like a gang girl in the trenches with a shotgun. <laughs> I'm in the mud! <laughs> just like, they walk up, the German soldier gets there, they're just like, shh, <laughs> Good job, buddy. Just the flex of you get shot, you just stand there, you're kind of fine, and then you just fall backwards into the mud of the trench and meld into the ground. Yes. Like the sheer amount of nightmare fuel that is for everybody else involved. <laughs> Holy fuck. You pop out two seconds later. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, following World War One was World War Two. i I'm going to give another trigger warning. Gang girl tend to work on both sides of pretty much every conflict. Both of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, within the old world, there is a pack of gangrel known as the Fist that were a pack of fascist pro-Nazi gangrel that worked with them directly during the entire war. Gross. Super gross. Uh, there is also note of a gangrel who had a, uh, a herd that he was interested in protecting of Roma people that were in a camp that he was like, nah, I'm gonna break them out, fuck this. Good so, job, buddy. Good job. You did the right thing. You did the correct thing. There, there's also reports of other gang girl who had Roma people and keep feeding on them. Yeah. <laughs> it runs. It's a whole rainbow of like heroes and villains within this clan. Guys. Do you do you think the gang girl that did that were like like literally sleeping in the earth, or do you think they just tried to like get officer positions? Both. Mm, okay. That. That brings new meaning to the phrase cursed land. Yup. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, because of uh, just how wars work, a lot of European vampires just lost everything they had. Like people that they would feed off of, like would go off to war or get bombed out of existence or would get taken to a fucking concentration camp. Right. And so a lot of them either had to like readjust their lives entirely or just fucking die or, you know, move. Mm-hmm. So, you know, though, at least on a slightly good note, I tried to end this on like a slightly positive note. Uh, Gangrel yeah, yeah. have a bit of a penchant in history for encryption because they're, sending, they're out in the middle of fucking nowhere and they're sending messages to each other and they don't want people just to walk up and go, ah, so the meeting's at eight. Yeah. So they do a lot of sites. So some of them really get into like ciphers and things like that. So <laughs> there's a bunch of Gangrel that worked with the, the Bletchley Park mm-hmm. uh, people, which were... Uh, cryptographers that worked for the British and they were the ones that were constantly decoding like the Nazi ciphers from the radio messages. Cool. So some were cool. Good job, buddies. Yeah. I'd say if you're really interested in World War II stuff um, and want a more balanced look at it, it's the most depressing book ever written for the setting, Mm -hmm. but I would recommend the Wraith book, Charnel Houses of Europe. which is an entire book about how the underworld and ghosts reacted to the Holocaust, essentially. And it is a heavy book, but Mm -hmm. it was insanely well-received and actually, like, well-written and thoughtful. And Mm -hmm. I I believe one of the main reviews for it gave it a 10 out of 10 as a book, a 2 out of 10 as a game resource. (laughs) Yeah, it's very... 
I read it ages ago, and it kind of left me with the same feeling I had after watching, uh, what is it, Graveyard of the Fireflies? Oof. Where you're just like, this was well done. This is a beautiful piece of media. Holy fuck, I'm sad. I want to go lay in a ball. <laughs> yeah. I want to take a nap and never be talked to. Yeah. So uh, we got through that. Uh, but da, 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 da. Post-war suburbia was really good for gang girls. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's a... A lot of gang girl did want to compete within cities because they're like, I don't like the fucking politics. There's not as many places for me to chill. And plus everything's already been snatched up by all the other clans. The move and white flight of people into suburbia after World War II gave gay girl a really good middle ground because they're like, well, I'm not in the woods woods, so I'm not pissing off the lupine. And I'm not in the city, so I'm not pissing off like mm. the primogen and all the dickweeds there. Yeah. So they just kind of like melded in to just like suburban neighborhoods, some of them. They became the atomic family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like some really funny notes in the book of like Gangrel that would just be like, oh yeah, I work a night job, but they would go full like 50s, 60s dad aesthetic and like mow the lawn and all sorts of shit like that. I want to see a Gangrel in a turtleneck sweater and a fucking grill. Yeah, we'd just be grilling. (laughs) Good cover if you accidentally kill somebody. You're just like, yeah, I know. I just, I got into this hobby of like home butchery and just... Do grilled meats and burgers for the neighbors. Like, yeah, we're having a pool party. Yeah. We got a tiki bar. Ugh. Like, I've got a very large smoker. Yeah. Swing your razor high, Sweeney. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Dude, mm-hmm. a, a take of Sweeney Todd, but set in like 50 suburba Americana would be so good. Yes. Oh, look. The from movie. from Wisconsin. Yeah. Our next one shot idea. Not a musical, but have you ever seen the movie Parents? Yes. I don't think I have. No, you- have the, we? Yes, the, the Nicholas Cage one. Ah! No, not that movie. Oh, wait, wait. No, that's Mom and Dad. Ah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just that's it's a really good horror movie. Um, it actually stars Randy Quaid oh. as Ooh. one of the parents. But uh, it's about a kid and his parents and their really uncomfortable like suburban um, obsession with like meat. Mm. And he refuses to eat it, and it's an it's a really interesting one. It does sound really good. I have to check that out. Mm-hmm. That and, oh god, what was the, the French lesbian horror movie? What was like, I think it was called like Flesh or something like that. I think that's one of the ones Where it's like watch. the girl's a vegetarian, but her sister joins this cult and then is trying to force feed her meat and then it just gets weird from there. Yeah. We got into, that could be a good double feature, honestly. Yeah. We got into a cannibal tangent. We did! Uh, speaking of cannibal tangents, uh, us consuming uh, peoples and their life forces to keep the bloody wheels of capitalism moving, uh, racism... Uh, because a lot of gang girl do tend to uh, be outsiders and not live in uh, more affluent areas and because of the way we set up society, a lot of gang girl embrace from minority communities. So it would be black, brown communities, uh, religious minorities, the queer community, all that kind of stuff. So because of that, many gang girl get involved in civil rights movements. Good job, guys. Yeah. So during all of the 60s, 70s, into the 80s, uh, if there is a if there's a minority group having well, a helping and not taking advantage of the situation could be taking advantage of the yeah. situation. Yeah, not good job to you no. specifically, Gangrel. Your buddy over there that's actually trying to help. Thumbs up, pal. It's what happens when the clan is consummate survivors. Yeah, and then there's also a lot of Gangrel info infiltrated uh, ecological groups. So this can range from like the the Greenpeace, uh, Save the Whales, hippies, all the way up to like the eco terrorists. So mm. that whole gambit, they're just yeah. kind of, they're probably chilling in there somewhere. Cool. Yeah. We also had gang girl that were involved in the early internet. So that's kind of fun, like, especially with 
the clan having a tie in with uh, an interest in encryption. It kind of slotted in nicely with early like DOS programming and that kind of stuff. So the encryption's nice, but it's got to be hard to run that many computers out in a cave. <laughs> I mean, look, if you just if you just put it on the back of a Jeep and get like battery packs, like it's fine. It's one of those old like satellite where they called everything satellite and phone and like a satellite yeah, computer. Yeah, you just have one of those clunky like satellite phones and then you can power it with a generator by getting like a bond is familiar that's like some sort of dog breed that just loves fucking running and just have them on like a little treadmill. <laughs> See, I was thinking a lot of hamsters, but that would work too. <laughs> Perfect. I was also semi-picturing Yogi Bear this whole time. Yeah, yeah, just... A little, little, little tie on there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining the the cast from Twister, but <laughs> instead of hunting down tornadoes, they're just uh, a bunch of academics that had hope in something that ended up turning into a fucking nightmare. Yeah, that that movie was actually filmed like uh, like five miles away from my like family's farm out in Iowa. What? which is like cool but it's also like literally the worst like film set you could live next to it's like oh you want to go see the road with the trees from twister <laughs> we, we have all five of them bro I, <laughs> I grew up in bloomington so you know there's that bicycle movie they shot at iu and they're just like do you guys want to go uh swimming in the uh, abandoned limestone place where they had the kid pretend to drown in the fridge from the bicycle movie <laughs> such an oddly specific thing and i'm like no i don't care because people actually do drown in these things and fuck off yeah like the the early hopes of the internet were like wow this would be a great bastion of knowledge for human society i mean it's still technically it is but then there's also the the dark side the internet is for porn i wish it was more for porn yeah uh, but yes, uh, along with all of this, uh, things kind of chugged along. And then during the 90s, there was all of the Sabat invasions along the American East Coast and all of that fighting and hustling. And now we get into uh, 1999, where Jessica Xavier. I thought it was Xavier. He's French. Oh, never mind. I said it wrong. I, yes. I had not looked into this terribly in depth before this research. So I apologize for my earlier fucks up. Fox well, on the name. Sarah. Yes. You're in America. Yep. It's Xavier. Oh god. I mean that's closer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Xavier uh, was the dress car, which means he was the, the the head of Clan Gangrel, and he went to the inner circle, which is like the tippity top of the Camarilla Pyramid, as far as we are aware, and spoke a sentence, tried to get them to, to do a thing, and then walked out. And when he walked out, within a month, basically the entire clan followed him. Hmm. So even before V5, a clan was just like, I'm out, I'm done, peace. We don't like it. We don't like it. <sighs> but yeah, uh, the, the note on this is that up until basically this point in the timeline, the Camarilla refused to acknowledge the existence of antediluvians. Mm-hmm. They're just like, that's not a thing, you're crazy. That's something the Sabbat says to try and recruit people into their dumb bullshit. Yeah. She's like, I saw her. Yeah, so Xavier had led a war party to fight a strange creature that was attacking and deforming kindred. Xavier believed this to be some sort of antediluvian. When he brought this up to the Inner Council, 
They did not heed the warning. As you do. Yeah. So the clan shares a uh, overall guilt about also not entirely following like Xavier's warnings about the situation. And there's a whole thing about that in V5. Yeah. Uh, so many now kind of like carry on this idea of like, hey, so shit's fucked and we should probably do something about that. And many of them hope to right the wrong of Xavier's final death. Ah, yes, the seven pillars of the Camarilla. And it's like two of those pillars. It's very confusing why they're here. Yeah. yeah I'd say if their best friends are the Bruja, then their biggest rival are the Ravnos. Yeah. So, yeah. I could guess that, yeah. I mean, just reading the book, it's constantly been like, fuck those guys. No, right. We're the true Romani. Well, fuck those guys. That also may be the, uh, in a, the innate psychological principle of uh, thought processes, uh, and it can be described in science easily enough with primates. Uh, usually when you present a thinking creature with a similar representation to themselves, they do not respond with happiness. They respond with anger. Because they do not like how similar it is. Yeah. It Unless it's a baby in a sock. Yep, that's fine. Well, I mean, eerily close to you. Because if you show an ape, like, a mirror, and they've never seen it, nine times out of ten, they're going to try to fight it. Hmm. They're just going to be like, ook, I don't like it. Uncanny <laughs> Valley. Yeah, Nago looked... did that a while ago. Oh, yeah. I don't think he'd ever seen a mirror, and I had one leaning against my kitchen uh, wall. There's some stuff in front of it. Yeah. I didn't ever think about it. But apparently there was an opening that was just the right height for him to see himself. And one day he was walking, just happy-go-lucky like he always does. And then out of nowhere, he just stopped. And he turned his head like violently and just kind of went... And I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? What? And he just did this for like a minute or two before I realized, oh, he's looking at a mirror. So then I got the mirror out so he could do it properly. And he just, he didn't know what to do. It took him like a week of me leaving the mirror out where he had to walk past it and look at himself before he's finally like, oh, wait, that's me. No. Oh. Yeah, again, I bring up that principle because that's probably the reason why the Ravnos and Gangrel fight because it's like, you guys are real similar guys. A lot of traveling, a lot of being with nature and liking stories. A lot of fuck mm-hmm. the establishment. Yeah. You guys you guys should just fuck already. Just, just stop stealing my shirt. It's my shirt. A lot of sibling bullshit. Yeah. So, in the current timeline within the V5, Clan Gangrel is nominally Anarch. Mm -hmm. Most of the clan is either actively taken up the cause or have been pushed that way by decree of the Camarilla, regardless of their actual personal political interest. Hmm. Because the Camarilla was like, all right, either you're in the cam or fuck off, you're an Anarch and you're an enemy of the state. And most of the Gangrel had already fucked off. So even the ones that are just like apolitical, they're like, look, I just like chill here, bruh. Like, I don't care. The Camry's like, well, you're an anarch. So, and then, you know. Yeah, they had join or die and they're like. I guess I'll die then. <laughs> cake or death. <laughs> There's no more cake. Uh-oh. I'll have the chicken then. Anywho. So with the gangrel uh, that do remain in the Camry, they're very, very rare. And they have some sort of personal reason outside of actually working with the Camarilla usually like the uh, the Crane Girl Primogen in the Chicago by Night book like she stays with the camp because her big thing is hunting werewolves so she's like ah politics nah. they give me money to fight lupines Let's so go. fuck it <laughs> yeah, I, I have one goal it is throw hands with the fucking werewolves I don't care about politics yeah. somebody gonna catch these moon hands 
Good catch these movies. I hate that you said that because my brain immediately just imagined like a lady duct taping like a fucking menstrual cup to her fist <laughs> to go fight God. And I hate that. I thought it was going to go Khonshu. I wish, but no, that's not where my brain went. <laughs> so, important characters within Clan Gangrel that are NPCs you should probably be aware of. Jessica, none. But yeah, it's time to talk about Xavier de Calier. Um, he was embraced in France during the Hundred War, about 1356 CE. And he became a fierce lupine hunter. And this was before the Camarilla was official. But... Uh, he was out hunting lupine in the Black Forest. Hmm. Everybody's just like, Good get job, it, buddy. Javier, get it. Not, and also, I know the like the lore of the Black Forest. He he went to the mo- He went to the area in the server that has skulls for levels. They're just like, this is gonna be a bad time. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna fuck them up. Yeah, just there are parts of French culture I really appreciate, and this is one of them where there's like, no, I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you say. I'm doing it. God can't stop me. <laughs> you know, that attitude. I'm like, God okay. is dead. <laughs> you know, the kind of energy where a fireman is like fighting the cops in the streets. Like that. And I'm just like, okay, I respect that. That's cool. Yes. So Xavier traveled south, staying in the Middle East and North Africa until about the 1700s mm. when he destroyed the gang girl Justicar for having been a white. Mm. Well, you know, got to do what you got to do. And just like, ah, oh, this very powerful guy has become an unthinking uh, beast man who's going to keep eating and destroying everything we need to put this down we should do an episode on whites we should mm-hmm. i am down to do that yeah on the oh what happens when things go tits up at when you lose yourself to the beast, the beast entirely the beast yeah i was gonna say i like the beast it's better. the beast of us it's the worst of times it was the beast of times <laughs> yeah all right, so uh, Xavier immediately became an Archon and then was soon after upgraded to Justicar in the early 1700s. His main base of operations was in New Orleans. So yeah, kicked right. ass, uh, then was like, I am moving. Goodbye. <laughs> Time to retire, kids. Yeah. Spoilers for the clan uh, Gangrel novel saga. Sorry, guys. That you've had at least 15 years to read them. Yeah, they're, they're all of the clans list. Sorry, guys. So around 1998, 1999, Xavier began a fated investigation. Uh, the one I had mentioned earlier about the uh, thing that was killing and deforming Kindred. And he's just like, that's fucked up. That's not good. Yeah. After his announcement to the Inner Circle, he continued his work. So he grabbed his clan and was just like, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep working, though, because this is fucked. Uh, he amassed a large database of supernatural activities Without a computer. He's so old. He's like, I'm not going to bother the computer. So he just kept it all in his brain. I don't know how the fuck. Damn. Oh, I thought you... I was thinking you were going to tell me you had a Charlie Day board. Pepe Ca- Silvia. Probably, but the, it's also a mental Pepe Silvia board. Mm-hmm. Just a big Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, and he also built up a mobile gang girl recon scout pack. And packs. Several of them to be like, all right, you guys go do this mission. You guys go do this mission. Da, da, da. So, you know, you know, gatekeep girl boss. Get it, buddy. Yeah. Xavier ended up uh, backing uh, Theobel during uh, Theobel's investigation into a vampire slave trade. Oh. I feel terrible. I went to read that ahead, and my brain immediately corrected Theobel into Taco Bell. Oh, don't do that to him. Right. And for those of you who don't remember or didn't pay attention uh, to our Venture episode, uh, 
Theobel was the uh, Bruja Archon who uh, had the shotgun that blew off the head of Hardstadt or uh, Hat Man, as we lovingly call him <laughs> on the pod. Listen, the hat makes the man, quite yeah. literally in this case. Quite literally. He, he stole his dad's hat and then, you know, he's, I'm dad now. So yeah, Theo is the guy that just was like, what if I just embodied every film movie line from Sam Jackson and just took this motherfucker's head right now? And he did. <laughs> so, you know, we stand a king. I like to think that the hat, there's like a cartoon section where yes. he shoots the face, the face disappears, the hat hovers there for a second, mm-hmm. and then bloop, 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 down to the floor. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength <laughs> there. Like, I wonder if Theo Bell has Harshdad's hat now. Uh, I can only hope. Every hope. once in a while he puts it on and he's like, I'm Harshdad the third. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, but I also thoroughly, as somebody who plays Bruja a lot, thoroughly believe that, no, it is in canon that he shot his head off, the hat fell, he left two weeks later. He's like, ah, oh, fuck, could have taken that hat. <laughs> like, should have taken that. Full God. ADHD moment. And he was like, fuck. All right. Well, back right. to Xavier and Theobel's investigation. The investigation ended up uh, with a gar- army of Gangrel and the lads. So you got the squad and then their homies uh, taking down a compound where this was uh, centralized in the, the slave trade. Bad no-no time. Uh, inside the compound, an ancient true Bruja infernalist ripped out Xavier's heart and ate it. Brutal. That was a lot of words right there for people who, uh, aren't super, super deep into the lore. Yeah. Uh, true Bruja thing we'll talk about maybe someday. Um, and infernalists are basically like demon worshippers. There's a bloodline and a clan of vampires who did devil magic, like Mm. literally demon magic, the most metal thing. Which, it's actually funny because they come from two sets of books that people were like, why did you let out this overpowered fucking bullshit? They were like, oh yeah, the Belial and the True Bruja. It's like, I think at least True Bruja were in a book where it says that they were never meant for players, though. No. Uh, both, of, both of them are technically like, you have to ask your ST. They're both ST-specific books. And we'll cover the story on, like, how True Bruja happened, because it's fucking wild. It's bullshit. I will look for my sources, because if that story is true, ooh, the tea will be piping hot. Yes. All right, so next NPC, because Xavier is dead. Rest in peace, homie. Uh, We have Rudy, who is a new major player on the Vampire Board. He lives and works out of Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, Rudy is an Arab queer gentleman who stands up and pushes for revolutionary ideas from the progressive and left spectrum. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, a homie. Uh, he pushes for the, uh, these ideals not only amongst vampires, but also amongst mortals. Uh, if you want to read his actual thoughts in the Anarch book, uh, Roll Call for the Revolution and Rudy's Army are good sections, but characters, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. So, Yes. Good representation, doing a good thing, hurrah. Uh, Mark Decker, uh, he is the Prince of Milwaukee. He's been the Prince of Milwaukee for a hot minute. Uh, interesting NPC. I like a lot of his story. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, the whole Let the Streets Run Red has a story arc with him. So if that's going to be part of your game, there's a lot of info there. Do you think he's really polite? No. Oh, he's from Milwaukee, so I figured. Eh, Midwest polite. Ah, uh, okay. So like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, come on in. I'll give you a beer. And then you leave and he's like, God, I fucking hate that dude. 
just the whole time. I was like, okay, nice seeing you. Goodbye. And the second door goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that guy was a nightmare. I thought he'd never leave. <laughs> I hate that I'm good at that accent. <laughs> I'm not going to make the joke. That's okay. All right. Uh, this is not technically a super important NPC, but I had to make this note because it's important to us here at yeah. the podcast. Yes. Mothman. I did not read ahead in the script and I just saw Mothman and I am fucking stooped. Yeah, so Mothman <laughs> is canonical in World of Darkness. <laughs> Mothman exists. There's a whole section about him in the Gang Girl book. Yes, Mothman is a gang girl. So yeah, Mothman was a insane and heavily disfigured gang girl that was taken out as a threat to the masquerade in 1968. But was he taken out? I thought they just saw him at an airport like a week ago. I mean, I know there's been those reports in the Chicago area of a Mothman-esque being on and off for the past couple of years, as well as other Appalachian sightings of the Mothman. But, you know. Hmm. And or, if you didn't see the corpse turn to dust. Or again, like the Chumbawamba telethumping song, he got knocked down, but he got up again. <laughs> I am upset with Fortitude, you. Fortitude, man. <laughs> I can't think of anything scarier than a flying gangrel. Yeah. yeah. A flying moth gangrel. Just bright wet, uh, bright red giant disc eyes and just antennae. Yeah, basically up until the invention of airplanes, that was one battlefield supremacy that the gangrel had because they did a lot of pretty like shape-shifting. So they're just like, yeah, I'm a bird, or they could get like bat stuff and they would just fucking fly. And was just like, what the Jesus Christ? Ah. And yeah, so that strategically is not as important, but you know, it's good to have the ups. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about our lad Beckett for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Beckett. Oh, Beckett. I, I, I appreciate this NPC. They, he has so much fucking war and shit that's basically going to have to be its own fucking episode. But we're going to have a Beckett episode? Probably at some point we're going to have to. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I know if I did not fucking mention Beckett in this episode, we're going to get a lot of fucking dumbass angry tweets. So here we go. Riots. <laughs> we will cause riots <laughs> in the streets. Riots. <laughs> Gangrel is cursed. Their true clan curse is bad names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, Beckett was born and embraced in Oxford, England around 1700. Look at him go. Yeah. So Beckett is a famous nautist historian and archaeologist. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of Indiana Jones vibes. No, I didn't. I don't think I knew that he was an artist. Yeah, Hmm. yeah, that's kind of Mm -hmm. his big thing. Like uh, in the oh, go ahead. Oh no no no! You can finish yours. Oh okay. I know. Uh yeah, in the lore, he's part of a bloodline that's called like Memory Seekers. Hmm. So their whole thing is trying to contain and gather up as much lore as possible. And his big thing is finding the. true vampire history like what actually happened in the historical records mm-hmm. and particularly with antediluvians and cain and like ancient ancient mm-hmm. uh you know dig sites and all that jazz right yeah because um uh, who was his sire again wasn't it um not listed oh I thought... he has an adopted sire oh, yeah, named yes. aristotle but we don't know who actually made this clusterfuck of yeah. a person which wasn't makes a... sense he's a gang girl wasn't aristotle also a gang girl nope no okay malkavian uh, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, again, no concrete data, but in the Eurydice's fragment, again, there were several scholars. It's easily noted that you can tell that there's a Malca- uh, there's a Malkavian and a Gangrel. That could have just been Aristotle and Beckett, like just. Well, writing. Beckett would not have been there because he wasn't around till the 1700s. Oh. So, 
Aristotle might have been involved. I have not read that book in a hot minute, so I do not remember which NPCs they are that, in there. They don't ever note any of them by name. Wow. It's just like heavily implied. So it wouldn't be surprising that if his adopted sire was one of the people who worked on the notes, mm-hmm. that he's like also a notice because he's like, yeah. no, I'm just trying to find out. Yeah, no, it's interesting. While Beckett is a noddist, uh, one of the things that makes him stand out compared to a lot of the other vampires is that he doesn't believe the Cain and Abel story is, like, literally true. He thinks it's, like, more of a historical, uh, like, archetypical story where he's like, oh, no, no, like, there were uh, societies that each of these people represented in the story, mm. but it's more like a story about ancient hunter-gatherer societies kind of clashing with ancient agricultural societies mm-hmm. and because of the telephone game is just now translated into one guy killed another guy and you know religions happened hmm. so <laughs> one day the farmers decided they gonna throw hands well no, no, just, the farmers were chilling and then the hunters were like what if i throw hands well no no no. and then the farmers Kane. were like well yeah yeah i was gonna say Kane was the farmer yeah <laughs> oh yeah you're right sorry yep uh i need more caffeine i need a shotgun a monster anywho <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beckett is a noted outlier for playing Gangrel because he is a respected academic. All right. So, you know, uh, there are chunks of Gangrel history from the 1700s on where uh, Beckett will be the only Gangrel in the fucking room and lots of Camarilla cities and, like, he's not part of the Camarilla. He's an independent and does his own fucking thing. But he's such a highly respected scholar, people just kind of let him do what he's going to do. Right. Um, it's almost like he has a press badge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so he's hard at Tarkus? Yes. Nice. Yeah, very early on. He's like, I don't like this politics. It's fucking stupid. It's getting in the way of my work. I don't care. <laughs> Literally, his work is so important, though, that pretty much everyone just lets him chill. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, he's not a threat unless he needs to, like, do something. And it's probably for the benefit if you just let him do it. He's a, he's a threat in the same way Indiana Jones is a threat because it's like, oh, fuck. A main character walked into the room. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. What's following him? Right? Just like, what what chaos is going to be wrought in my city because he's here and working? God fucking damn it. How many Nazis? How many Nazis? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. So, Beckett is one of the most well-known NPCs of all of VTM. Even people that don't fucking read those stuff, play the games, might recognize him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, you know, Clan Gangrel represent. Hooray. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in learning more about Beckett, we can do a special episode. But if you want to do it on your own time, all of his globetrotting is covered in several fucking books throughout all of the canon of Vampire. Uh, the most dense collection is Beckett's Jihad Diary. Mm-hmm. So That's like a thousand pages, isn't it? Yeah, it's about thick as fuck. half of it, though, is like game notes and stuff for STs because there'll be a chapter of lore and then the back of the chapter is like stat blocks more mm. notes for the city and location he's in so about half of the book is just like a role play book and then half of it's like actually a novel that's kind of cool yeah. that's insane i thought the whole thing was just a novel i didn't no. realize there was actual like rules and stuff in there yeah that's why my copy of beckett is tabbed all to fuck because there's like notes there's notes for me from like the novel and then the way the novel is written there's notes from other npcs commenting on what beckett's writing so then there's like three other characters commenting on shit as well as what beckett's saying and then there's the ST notes in between each of the chapters as well. I thought you just tabbed that to shit because you like to tab things. I do. I know. I need, I need the reminders because I have very bad undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> yeah. 
So to wrap up, lore sheets. There's only two clan-specific things for Gangrel. Sorry, guys. Uh, you have Descendant of Xavier. Uh, it exists in the core book on page 406 and the Anarch book, page 194. Is it the exact same table? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there also is a lore sheet for Rudy. It is not uh, clan-specific, so I didn't technically list it, but there is another Gangrel lore sheet. Yeah, because if we were going to those semantics, then you'd have to include low clans. Yeah, there's a lot of lore sheets that work really well for a gang girl character and because the clan is very flexible on what they're able to do you can mm-hmm. kind of buffet style do what you want i did want to make a note about the coterie clan merit for gang girl, uh called pack tactics it is in the free v5 companion my brain deleted what the fuck is yeah basically it lets you uh get some buffs for uh brawls if you have a friend with you mm-hmm. hurrah so we did it. We got through Gangrel. Woo! Oh my god! I don't even have that much dirt on me. <gasps> That's pretty neat. <sighs> okay, I'm fine. I thought we'd have to sweep up after this. Mm-hmm. Well, mud's adhesive. <laughs> uh, one I want to point out too, I think I mentioned it last episode, but yes. another really good lore sheet that is directly Gangrel related yes. is uh, the Wolfpack in the Chicago books. Yes! Um, they are a group of Gangrel Archons who specifically hunt werewolves. Yeah. So if you want a more Gangrel-themed thing, yeah. And there's tons of really cool Gangrel, like, NPCs and things that you can be tied into. Mm-hmm. There's just not a lot of shit that's, like, Gangrel only, fuck you. Yeah. So we did it. I, oh, my God. I liked, I loved doing the research for the history on this because there's so many good little fucking side stories, like the fucking insectoid Gangrels that were, like, wreaking havoc during the construction of the Panama Canal. <laughs> Like, uh, there's the fucking Viking version of the origins of the clan that's like, ties into, like, Odin lore. Like, there's tons of really cool shit. But, like, dear God, that would have to be... If I were to list everything, we would be here for so many hours. Holy shit. Yeah, again, we plan on doing this podcast. Episodes, if you want to... You gotta let us know. Gangrel story hour. Yeah. Aww. I say the Gangrel also come up a lot. I was working on that episode of Other Supernaturals in the World of Darkness. Mm-hmm. They tend to be the ones who are hanging out with the others, Supernaturals the most. They, you know, werewolves and changelings especially, but we'll talk about that more. But like, they're, they're kind of the movers and the shakers low-key in the vampire community just because they're like, we can vibe with these guys. Yeah, I was about to say, they're like... Some of the most neutral vampires like others, they have the ability to just be the ones where Steve's just in the corner. We understand that Steve is part of the enemy, but Steve's cool. The difference between this actual wolf, this vampire who can turn into a wolf, this man, this werewolf, and this animalistic fairy is not as big as you'd think. So They can all come to the cookout. It's fine. They, they all smoke cigarettes behind the... Uh stands at the football game (laughs) (laughs) i fucking love this clan they're great uh it just they cover such a wide gambit of options and cultures and peoples and things where it's it's really hard to parse them down into this is how this clan is played and this is how they have to be i'm like nah you could go nuts so much and again i didn't get to do it in the section but i always love just like a noise thought process of how Again, supposedly running from Cain is just merged with the core of the earth and just be like, come and get me, Dad. I fucking dare you. It's molten bullshit. Also, her character in the revised book is nice. Uh-huh. I'm just she, like, yes. Like, that is one of the most, like, 
we're going to get into the supposed living antediluvians on the episodes they are applicable to, and a little bit in the Gehenna one. I think she is probably one of the like, oh, it's going to take a long... There are two that I'm like, oh, it's going to take Kane a hot second to get to them. But there's a few that I'm like, that might give him trouble, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to take him too long. You know, and she's probably one of the few where you're just like, if she's walking around, you're like, I might not be immediately dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's definitely a, you know, I mean, if I leave her alone and I don't fuck with nature, probably going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of tends to be the gangrel's vibe in general, though. If you kind of just leave them alone, let them do their thing out, they're not really going to mess with you. Yeah. I'd um, go on a hike with a gangrel. Yeah. I would not go on a hike with a ventrue. Probably because they wouldn't come outside with me. It's too dirty. Yeah, I was about to say, they wouldn't put the boots on. Yeah. They'd have sneakers on, and then they'd be complaining halfway through. Or if they did put the boots on, they'd be like those $800 hiking boots, and they'd be like, do I really have to get these dirty? I just bought them. They didn't take the time to break them in beforehand. Right. Blisters. <laughs> I don't know if I brought this up last episode, but I'm glad I got to bring it up in a game we were playing. I do like the fact that, um, much like Ravage and Transformers... If you see a fucking gangrel leave anything, just follow them. It's like how animals freak out before a storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're usually the ones to know right off the bat where they're like, okay, we're in danger. I need to leave now. Yeah. It's like when they all fled the Camarilla and then the beckoning started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the like, oh geez, who saw this coming? And it's like, Xavier tried to tell you. Over here, we did. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to, and then they uh, fucking uh, killed us. Good job. It's like, well, they kicked, like, we, we tried to tell you, and you didn't fucking follow, and now you're killing us for being in your city, quote unquote. What the fuck? Dicks. Absolute dicks. Uh, you know who are not dicks? Paralyzed, people who do our intro music. Yeah. They're very chill, and the music is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make you paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, if you are... Interested, I believe at this point we're going to have the clan blood sports. It should go up the same week as this episode. Hell yeah. Yes. Clan Hell blood sports on Twitter. You can find us at blank underscore bodies. Vote on the thing. I'm just like, look, I'm here for the gift wars in the comments section. Yes. That's always a good time. Uh, we do exist on Instagram at blank bodies pod. We also have a discord. You can come hang out with us mm-hmm. and other fans and organize game stuff. And more happening kind of consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got people who run stream games that promote in there and check those out. We have people who have started to group watching some streams. They all get on together and watch. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. there's like now a little watch party for the New York by Night game that's going so on. Cute. Yeah. It's very cute. Y'all I, are cute, guys. Y'all I, are cute. I've had a moment where I almost wanted to comment about just how happy I am that I can just like... I remember when this was the beginning and we had to like engage all the time to like have something happen. And now it's just like... A monster that does its own thing and like I I, I enjoy in, engaging with all of the community but I love that it's just like it's a self-perpetuating motion engine now like I don't have to put anything in like it's a good solid community it just goes like if I don't check certain boards in the discord hours later I'll go to check the board and it's like 50 plus messages and I'm like yeah. This is this is so good. I love this is great. This Y'all just post makes some me happy. Fire ass memes that I steal and post in other places. Yep. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Same. Yes. Oh my god, crazy baits just like 
20 memes at once. It's like, Jesus Christ, my guy. I love that, but then I can't respond. I want to specifically say that one's funny. Yeah. Goddamn. But yeah, no, it's a good time. We appreciate y'all. Uh, we do have a Patreon if you want to chuck us a couple of bucks. It helps keep the, the mics lubricated, and uh, we're going to have to buy a new SD card. So thank you for helping us with the gear. So yeah, we have a couple tiers on our Patreon. Uh, we have just a general support tier if you want to chuck us a couple bucks. We have tiers that let you vote on what we talk about on these episodes. We have everything up to Sarah doing custom character art for one of your characters, whether it be vampire or not. If you stick with that one for a year, she'll do another color sketch for you. Like um, full illustration set, full body, everything. We'll, we'll talk about it in the DMs. Yeah, there's hey. blood. There's all kinds of stuff. So give that a check if you haven't yet. Um, and we appreciate everyone who does support us on there. It really, really motivates us to keep doing this. Um, we're really grateful for everything you've done for us so far. Yes. I'll say, um, as the, the Discord is a very encouraging thing to see it like pop off and go crazy and like have lots of people in there being active and stuff. But it's kind of cool to be able to see an actual number. Mm-hmm. Like when our Patreon people, I mean, Hunter, you post in our... In, in the blank bodies us for us discord every time like we got a new uh yeah. we got a new patron and, and it's always a good prep thing where it's just like yay yeah it's definitely like it's it's an almost more concrete version of like no people care people like what you're doing keep mm-hmm. it up makes me feel like i'm not wasting my time trying to finish my fucking degree yeah, <laughs> yeah. college because oh my god uni's yeah. been a struggle the new, new world order just keeps renewing my os which is really nice yeah I, again it's just for five dollars a month, we can keep the lower bots fans clean with air duster. <laughs> it's it's on. You, you have yet to again. You, you've put things in places where they're not supposed to be. You just get so dusty. I Sorry, get, I keep getting into the duster. I, I there was an instruction manual that you could have read. I never saw it. I don't know. Stop. <laughs> Please. That was for me. I feel a little lightheaded just doing that. Uh, yeah, also, if it you... It feels like a threat to me. Also do gaming podcasts, do stream game stuff, cosplay, you write for any vampire media. Uh, you are a vampire if you want to be part of our like interview series. Uh, Blankbodies at Gmail. Hit us up. We like talking to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't have to be even a vampire creator. We've had people who make OSR stuff on, people who make their own original games. Like, if you do gaming stuff or horror-related stuff and just want to chat, I would love to have you on. Hell yeah. You got ooky spooky, punk rock bullshit. Let's go. Bring it on. Let's do it. Let's yeah. go. Come on, Danzig. Join the... Come no. talk to me. <laughs> I'll talk to Danzig. Oh, Danzig. My brain... You said Danzig. My brain went, Danzig misfits Michael Graves. And I was like, No. I would yeah. still talk to Michael Graves. I'd just tell him he's a fuck the whole time. No, that's fair. Yeah, I was about to say. Michael Graves, had, did I, you know you're an asshole? I was about to say, my brain had an error and went Robert Zadar. <laughs> no, okay, we gotta go. We gotta go. We have to end this now. Goodbye, my friends. Oh, Bye. It's Game Werewolves oh. London. Werewolves London. Oh, yeah, the a yes. That's That's what I thought when I heard a woo. Yes. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. See you. Bye. I was wet. Well. <laughs> yeah.